0: Hello again and welcome to another episode of College Football Down Under. My name is Aaron Kemp and as always I am joined, this time in the same room, by Will Muirden. How's it going tonight, Will? Things must
1: be serious for us. If we're getting together, you've made the trip up the hill to come join me. We're we're
0: on. Mate, this is a hot mess uh, at the moment. Our lives are just completely capitulating around us. ...due to some pretty foreseeable circumstances, actually. <laughs> but either way, um, life is tough for us at the moment. So we've had to join together and we're going to lean into that a little bit later on. Uh, but a busy week for you, mate.
1: Yes, yeah, plenty going on for both of us, that's for sure. Um I, I have welcomed a little one into this world uh, a couple of days ago, so it's been fairly hectic in there and, and finding time to get this in has not been the easiest, but we are dedicated to our craft and, and we've had to get this done. So no, it's good, it's exciting times, uh, tiring times. The, uh, the second time round is tough because you not only now need to look after yourself, but there's someone else who depends on you for life stuff. Uh, so. You had
0: that with the first one as well, by the way. Like, that was also a requirement of the first child.
1: Yeah, I don't know. When, when you're dealing with that one, I think it's a, a lot easier this, this time around. It's, it's managing her ego as well and making sure it's not bruised by the, the new oh, incomer. I see where
0: you're going. I see where you're going. Yes. Um, Kind of a little bit like, you know, not bringing another quarterback if you've got Blake Bortles because you didn't want to offend him or something like that. I don't know.
1: Yeah, like I'm thinking this is more of an Aaron Rodgers... Uh, situation. Brett Farr Is no, that what you're doing? No, I'm thinking who they. They Jordan Love, Utah uh, State. They they drafted him in the in what was it the first round to yeah. light a fire under him so that he goes on to win the MVP. That's what I'm doing with Pip. I've, I've seen her numbers have been dropping a little bit at childcare, so I'm really hoping that this kind of inspires her to be top of the class again.
0: Okay, so hopefully she will be able to count to like 11 by the end of this week or something. Absolutely. Recognize the color purple correctly. Get those circles touching all the way around. It'd be good. <laughs> Righto. Oh, don't always touch all the way around. Anyway, let uh, let us get into what is going to be a relatively big episode, I suppose. We do have the National Championship game, obviously, to preview between Ohio State and the Alabama Crimson Tide as well, but we've got a bit of time in this one with only one game to look at. We've got a bit of news to hit. We're going to clean house. And we'll tell you why some of these are not looking so good. And we've still got some time for some bold predictions. And will of course, will lose some money. So let's get into it. We'll start with a wee bit of news. Firstly, if you're in America right now, stay safe. Don't go outside and certainly don't go into buildings where legislation or the constitution is upheld but I am speaking slightly facetiously here but please make sure that you do stay safe um, and yeah I don't know what a weird world
1: yeah I mean I don't have a lot for this just stuff. dying
0: diving out of the political side of things which is fine <laughs> uh this one you will talk about and this is Devonta Smith has won the heisman trophy for season 2020. Indeed
1: he has. Yeah, absolutely fantastic year. Uh, The first wide receiver to win it since Desmond Howard in 1991. So that's going back some time. Uh, Obviously, he's been fantastic this year. I feel like it was only a couple of short weeks ago, though, where it was uh, Mac Jones and Kyle Trask were both like even money favorites, and that was it. Uh, But Devonta Smith, especially down the stretch, is just having... A continual three-touchdown, 200-plus-yard games, and I think it's rightfully so. Like he's been fantastic this year. When you watch Alabama games, he is at another level to everyone on the field, and it's awesome to see that. And he kind of transcends all of that. I had a really cool speech where he talked about, you know, not being the biggest and strongest and fastest guy, but how his hard work was able to get him there. So I thought that was pretty cool and uh, a very deserved winner.
0: Uh, is there anyone you feel like that has been fractionally snubbed? Well, obviously, we generally get the quarterbacks in there, um, or maybe even snubbed into last year and the fact that his numbers are very similar to another wide receiver that we had in season 2019.
1: Yeah, both you and I were talking about this. So, Jamar Chase had almost identical numbers to what Devonta Smith put up last uh, this year, himself last year so obviously it was all Joe Burrow last year he got all the fanfare he was a runaway leader and Jamar Chase wasn't invited to
0: that's unbelievable
1: uh, when you think about it now it's it's just it shows that it's very much a political thing it's all about the narrative that builds and the media hype that gets around certain players and it was for quite some time kind of the Trevor Lawrence show I know halfway through the year we kind of put out is it going to be Trevor Lawrence or the field? And I and I think Clinton House early here, we'd, we'd both <laughs> said that we'd take the Trevor Lawrence side. I, I think obviously his COVID issues ha, um, gave him a hit and he certainly would have been a chance or a much better chance had he played every game and, and had a good game in that note, first Notre Dame matchup. Uh, he, he certainly ended up being runner-up and was a shot. But as I said, like a couple of weeks ago, it was uh, Mac Jones and Kyle Trask right in and amongst her and now they've kind of dropped off completely so it's just interesting how this one fluctuates all around the place and it really is just media driven and hype driven.
0: On top of that just another little note Alabama had three players invited to the Heisman Trophy ceremony which uh, only five in total get invited to so I don't know that that has happened before in the history of the sport I mean Najee Harris wasn't really a look in I didn't think this year Um, but the other two could have won it.
1: Absolutely. He ended up coming fifth in the voting, so the fact that they had first, third, and fifth, I think it was in the end, is just incredible and shows to the powers that Alabama have and and why they're in this national championship game with that uh, offensive trio just going nuts all year.
0: Other news. Jalen Waddell practiced this week. This gives no indication or the, the Alabama staff and program haven't given any indication as to whether he will play on the weekend, but we thought he was done for the season and he's back training. So there is a chance that he actually suits up and gets on the field for the Crimson Tide this week.
1: Yeah, this is a pretty cool story. So he broke his ankle on the opening kickoff back on October 24th. So at the time, it was, yeah, he's done. he's, he's probably his last game for Alabama. He's going to go pro now. But obviously, with the, the extension th- right through to early January, he's been able to get up, and the coaching staff have said, let's have a look and see if he's... Uh, Available and, and we'll put it in his hands. If he's comfortable to get going, then we're going to back him in. If not, obviously, he's got bright things ahead. It, it, it's a really tough spot for him because no one's opting out of a national championship. Like we've seen with all this stuff, no one's doing it. But at the same time, you, you don't want to come in at 80%. and and risk further in like it's just a a tougher one for him because yes you want to play those your brothers this is what you've done everything for but you're obviously if there's a chance you can hurt it more or or have a significant issue that's going to impact your livelihood further on you'd be having to have a a good hard think about that
0: yeah i mean do you do you just have a small package for him maybe and and you know he's going to be on a, a pitch count anyway you would suggest like you know Devontae Smith and John Mechie, they're in they're in good nick. They've been flying, they're cruising, they've got momentum, they're into the swing of things, um, and they're peaking certainly at the right time. But maybe with Jalen Waddle, and and you would know this after coming back from injury. Your first game back after injury is never that super, you would think. Uh, and maybe they just give him maybe a couple of a, a few packages, see how he's feeling. Uh, maybe he runs a deep route early, and you know they don't throw him the ball, but just to give him a sense of of how his ankle's feeling.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's certainly that. Or this could all very well be smoke and mirrors. They could be talking it up so that, so as to make sure that that Ohio State coaching staff is having to dedicate some time to thinking about what he might be doing. Like it, that's the sort of things that are going on in this chess match behind this massive game.
0: Speaking of chess match, Ohio State have come out and said that they're suffering from a few COVID issues. Now, the game itself, the national championship game, has the ability to be uh, postponed, if necessary, by five days. Uh, but So there is some suggestion of that. Now, in the meantime, the NCAA have come out and said that they intend to move forward this week. Ohio State is saying that they intend to move forward, but there isn't a possibility here that Ohio State could uh, miss some players, significant players, in a game against the number one team in the country. It's never favourable.
1: No, uh, certainly not. So this was an interesting report to come out earlier this week that was quickly shut down by a number of different areas, the NCAA, the College Football Committee. The Absolutely everyone came out and said, no, th- this is going ahead as scheduled. And like it's such a money-driven thing that that's going to be the case. Uh, hopefully it doesn't have an impact on things and uh, they're able to kit up because we want to see the, the two best teams going at it and everyone fit and firing. But... That's kind of the, the world that we live in this year and it gives them a nice excuse if they need it now too.
0: Do you know what I would enjoy is kind of like the Pac-12, How uh, who bailed out of the Pac-12 championship game now? USC was slated to play? Uh, Colorado, no, it was, geez, we really should, Washington? Was it Washington? I
1: believe it should have been Washington. Should have been
0: Washington. Washington had to pull out due to COVID and Oregon got the Guernsey as a result and they went and won the Pac-12. Well, what about just slotting Clemson in there if a high state can't go? How would we feel about that?
1: No, I think we would just chuck Oklahoma in there.
0: (laughs) Actually, that's a good shout. Or just the best of the rest. Anyway uh let us move on so i guess actually i say let us move on and i'm going to backtrack terrible Mm. terrible podcasting etiquette and professionalism but everything we say in our prediction then could be completely irrelevant based on who is going to be available but we will know more all right it is time to get into cleaning house the reason for that is i have just moved house what a delightful experience that is myself and english jess have fought only between maybe 30 to 80 times over the past three days. It has been such a positive grounding and uh, really brought us closer together as a whole. I'm sick of seeing cardboard boxes and I just want to clean house here. Um, we had to do it with our old place. We are throwing away old socks, old bits of clothing. You find some coins that you were from your holiday to New Zealand. Never even actually been on a holiday to New Zealand, but I found some New Zealand coins in my house. Um, There's some old like footy guernseys and things like that. I'm just like, some of this stuff now has got to go. So in that particular vein of thinking, on this particular podcast, this particular episode, we're going to be cleaning house as well. So we've gone back to our bold predictions from the start of the year and some general thoughts and feelings about how we thought season 2020 might shape up. And see how wrong we really are.
1: Yeah, look, I like this concept here. No one likes cleaning house. So we're deciding that we're going to own up to some of our shit calls. Uh, I obviously don't like cleaning house so much and, and helping you move house that I've been kind of doing everything I can to have this a child job. come early. Like, that, that was, it's been a great excuse for me. I've been able to kind of bail out on any. Uh, responsibilities as a mate that would normally chip in in these sorts of things. So, I mean, if, if we're doing that and, and you've been going through that, then I can certainly at least help out in cleaning out this house. And
0: I feel like if you were help me though, English Jess would have got even more angry as we would have been like, yeah, we lifted a couch, that so probably deserves a beer. Absolutely. absolutely. the rage would have ensued. Anyway, uh, let's get into it. You, why don't you kick us off? Well, I know I've got a lot here to get through. A lot of mine are absolute pus, but... Why don't you kick us off?
1: Okay, so I uh, had a number of. We'll start with my bold predictions, uh, yeah. and, and if we go with them. So my first one that I had there on the season was that App State would be the only undefeated FBS team this year. And looking back at that, it's not good. Like, <laughs> they, they, there's they probably they didn't drop heaps, but there's probably some pass marks that you could have given yourself in that one. So, like at the end of the day, it's only it's going to be Alabama or. Ohio State as the only undefeated team in the country, which is a boring take and no one would have liked that for a bold prediction. Mm-hmm. But I would have given myself a pat on the back if I had a said Coastal Carolina or well, even yeah, anyone
0: would have said that.
1: Even Cincinnati, like probably Liberty out of nowhere. Like if you if, if I had have claimed one of those, it's it's something. But instead I went with App State and I kind of I missed on that one. So I'm owning up to that.
0: Not as bad as my prediction that Texas A and M would finish five and five, not beat anyone ranked higher than them, and be considered overrated by the end of the season. Uh, I said they would lose games to Alabama, LSU, Auburn, and Florida. Uh, I think they won all of those except Alabama. <laughs> yeah, Wolf, that, that hurts.
1: So i mean, in my second. I, I went complete opposite to you. I said that A and M were going to make the playoffs. I was on them this year. Yeah, and uh, I've fallen. One spot, <laughs> short, one short, one spot short. But uh, look, that's uh, neither of us win there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you went a lot closer than I did. I thought they were going to not perform particularly well, but hey, you win some, you lose some. Yeah. Okay. Uh,
1: my, my last uh, one that I had is that we would have multiple national champions. Uh, I thought things were going to get weird with COVID, weirder than what they did. <laughs> yeah. Or at the very least, I, there could have been an argument. If Coastal Carolina had have won, then I would have been backing this in and said, well, they've been, they've been screwed out of this. Even Cincinnati, if they had have held on against Georgia, there's claims there. But I got nothing. I'm sitting on nothing here. Unless this game gets postponed and then postponed <laughs> again and then anarchy breaks out in the States and there's civil war <laughs> and the game can't be played... That's all I've got.
0: <laughs> you say that as if that's far-fetched and it's really not at the moment. It's like so... a 50-50. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I've got a couple. I said a coach will be fired without the team playing a game. Now, I don't know if that happened at Southern Miss. I think it took them one game uh, and it did happen in the in a like an, uh, high school team or an FCS school team, uh, but it did not happen uh, at... The at the FPS level. So uh, I was really relying on the Pac-12 there. I was I was thinking things would get crazy with COVID, that someone would make a mistake, say something done and dumb or not follow particular guidelines that are far stricter on the West Coast. And that would happen. But yeah, that did not. The other one I had is a bit ridiculous and it, it hasn't happened. A, a top four ranked team will forfeit a game due to losing players to COVID. Actually, this could happen. (laughs) If Ohio State do this, then happy days. But there's some more detail to it. I got a bit specific here. So this will spark a move by the Power Five to move away from the NCAA. There's still talks about that, but that needs to happen in a hurry. Um, And that this particular move will cause disagreement between us and tension in our friendship. Now, this is not happened. It hasn't happened. (laughs) And this was at a time where... um, You know, I I talked here about like there'll be new transfer rules, new NCAA football game and player payments. Now, all those things are actually further along the line than what they were at the start of the year. And I thought the disagreement between us was going to be that you would be like really up for that. You're up for college football moving beyond the NCAA. They've outgrown it. And I was like, no, 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 keep it as is. I think I've gone harder in the last month on that front than what you have.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think I'm starting to become the traditionalist. Yeah. And I'm like, let's, let's dial it back. Let's, let's keep these rich white dudes rich and yeah. white. Um, and, and you're certainly moving in that direction. But yeah, okay. I'm, I'm glad that the friendship hasn't broken down. We could yeah. even get through a, a cheese at bowl. Uh,
0: <laughs> if we can survive the cheese at bowl, we can survive anything. Um, I had a couple of bonus ones. A running back would win the Heisman. That didn't happen. We had a wide receiver, so that's not the worst thing. Chad Morris turns Joe Nix into a 3,500 yard passer. That was bold, and he only got to 2,500 yards. And Miami will be mentioned as a playoff team at some stage in the second half of the season. That may have happened, not with any great momentum in the media, I don't think. Uh, but they were sort of there and thereabouts As they were ranked in the top 10
1: Yeah I mean they were good But the loss that they had to Clemson Plus the fact that Notre Dame were as good as they were yeah. Never really gave them serious consideration unfortunately yeah. Like they were a good team It's just that they never had an in They, they were always yeah. at best third or fourth in the ACC With North Carolina mm. Um. All right. Whilst we're owning up to things, if I'm looking through like the top twenty-five if, uh, teams that I probably disrespected and didn't give enough love to, I mean, it, I think everyone. Indiana. No one had them finishing as as high as they did. So I'm mm-hmm. not going to wear that one so much. But uh, Iowa State. I had nowhere. Like I didn't have them in the top three in the the Big Twelve. And oh, s- I'm I still surprised. I did. Still surprised that they managed that. But um. Yeah, they they, they yeah. surprised. North Carolina, I was pretty brutal on at the start of the year. I said that they were going to be garbage. They weren't garbage. They, they were a decent team. They were inconsistent. They were all over the shop. They were fun at times. They played some really fun football. Uh, so I, I, I do feel a little bit bad about that one because I went in on them uh, not being any good. Yeah. Um,
0: I had Oklahoma-Iowa State in the championship game. Not bad. Hey, Not I bad. also said that Texas Tech would finish bottom. So, you win some, you lose some. Yeah,
1: um, uh, but that's that's a good call on your part. I had Texas right up there. I, I thought I think it was going to be a Texas-Oklahoma uh, State one, and that's a bit of a homer pick on my part. Yeah, no. But uh, Texas uh, have been what they have been the last couple of years, I guess, just underachieving, like... Solid, yeah, but that's not what you need to be there. So that was no good. Uh, the last one that I kind of want to own up to is my Bearcats, Cincinnati. It, it's And it's not that I doubted them. It's that I jumped off ship. Like I, I kind of had my year with them last year, and then I'm like, all right, I'm going to hand you on and move on elsewhere. This is the time that I should have stuck with them. So that's that's my bad. I've, I've got to own up there. Who on your uh, list have, have you probably... Not yeah, uh, respected.
0: I don't. I don't know that I had that many. I, disrespected. I mean, you, you've mentioned a lot of the same names. A lot of the Group of Five teams. The the, the obvious one is Texas A and M, and you know they were really a, a really really good team. Probably Notre Dame is another one. I didn't honestly think they would make the playoff. Uh, North Carolina. You know, they're going to finish pretty highly, but they did lose to Florida State, and that's not a good look. So, uh, you know, probably those teams. There was a few teams that I thought would be better and weren't. Minnesota, woof. They had a stinker of a year after such a promising, promising season only 12 months ago. They turned it around and got shellacked in week one against Michigan, and it was pretty much downhill in the first month from there, so that wasn't good.
1: Yeah, I was rowing that boat with you there, though, mate.
0: LSU. Did anyone see the LSU thing coming?
1: Uh, I was like, we were both off them. We both knew that there was going to be a regression. I'd but so s-
0: then just go and get schooled by Mississippi State week one, and <laughs> like that—that that that that.
1: was a shocker. But then after that, we were both kind of like, "Well, it's not that shocking, and they're not going to be good." And then yeah. they weren't until they beat Florida. What?
0: <laughs> God damn it. Um, who was the other one that I just spied? And I was like, you know what? They were actually heaps worse than I thought they were. Tennessee. I thought Tennessee were going to be a little... And probably Baylor as well, those two teams. I thought they were going to be a little bit better than how they turned out. I didn't pick Arkansas either. Would be the other one in the SEC. I didn't think they were going to be particularly great. Week one um, with Sam Pittman. Uh, so not week one. Year one with Sam Pittman. But they were really, really good.
1: Yeah, certainly. I think they were all right. This is good. feels good to get this off the chest. It does. Uh, Are there
0: any players that you really overrated, underrated? I mean, I just want Sam Howe to not be good. I don't know why. There's just something about him. I think the media slobbering all over him I struggle with because I don't think he's that prolific a player. But, gee, he's good, and I've probably got to eat that one.
1: Yeah, look, he he certainly turned out all right. But I think that balances out with your uh, disdain to Joe Nix. Like you're really not on him, and, and that's kind of worked out for you. So I think you've got a bit of balance between those two signal callers there. Uh, look, I, th- I think it's been tough this year with all like the a lot of the opt outs and that sort of stuff, a few injuries. Uh, I guess for mine, like one, I I need to own up to is Devonta Smith. I've never been a big Devonta Smith guy. I thought Ooh. he was kind of nah. that that national championship play that he was kind of known for, and that was going to be his narrative. He, he was always to me. Like a, a second rung Alabama wide
0: receiver, this is Heisman Trophy winning. Yeah, right. with you are talking exactly right. right.
1: Like for mine coming into the year, I, I didn't have him nearly as good as say like a Jerry Judy last year. But then he's just showed out this year. He's best player in college football, and rightfully so. Like I, I must admit, I don't watch a lot of Alabama games because they're so dominant and they're not all that fun to watch. Mm. Uh, it, it's only when I've actually sat down and watched the tape on him, that I'm like, this dude is sick. Like he's mm. he's not built all that like athletically he doesn't stand out in the field he looks skinny if anything but then when you see him play you're like dude he has gears that other people do not have like <laughs> yep. his, his vision the way he gets after it is just awesome so yeah that's he's been awesome and and certainly so,
0: changed my attitude towards him the last one I want to talk about is two teams that we got on last year and now they're they've come good this year so we're a little bit early and I don't know who that's going to be, but we tend to predict teams a year in advance of their very best football. So for you last year, you said Cincinnati. Now, Cincinnati have been pretty good under Luke Fickle, but you were all about them. And then this year, they really paid you off. Um, for me, I think BYU, I wasn't on BYU quite as, well, nearly as, um, I guess you were so hot all over those Bearcats. And and I didn't match that with BYU, but I certainly thought that they were pretty good team, and I really like Zach Wilson, and and we saw BYU take off this year, so I wonder who it's going to be next year that you pick up on that in 12 months' time is going to be good.
1: Yeah, I mean, looking at this, I think Northwestern are going to win the Big Ten next year. That's just... It's a lock. (laughs) Put your money down now, folks. I've been big on them this year, and they've been good. Obviously, I'll be backing away from them now. Yeah. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald will go and get some sweet NFL gig, uh, but they're still certain now to be awesome.
0: All right. Let's us move on because we do have a massive game, the biggest game, some might say, uh, to preview. So let's get into it. The National Championship game, Alabama and Ohio State. Alabama opened as, what, about a touchdown favorite, and we've seen it move up and down a fraction from that point. This game is played in Miami, Hard Rock Stadium. Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Gardens. Um, So a a fantastic entertainment venue, I assume. Never actually been there, but uh, would be a good one to go watch a game, certainly an NFL stadium. Uh, In terms of this game, where do you want to start? I think for me, the logical place is Justin Fields and the Ohio State offense, because I believe that this is the aspect of the game. I, I kind of tend to divide... Games into four different groups offense, defense for both teams. I mean, special teams is in there as well, and occasionally I get a little fixated on that, but really it's offense and defense. So there's four things to choose from, or four aspects of the game to choose from. I think Justin Fields in the Ohio State offense is the most interesting and the most unknown aspect about this game. Uh, and the championship game this year
1: Yeah I think that's a good place to start I, I'm i not happy that you've just completely uh, Knocked special teams out of sure. out of the, the quadrants here But the fact that there's no Aussie punter Getting involved in this one I, I can certainly stand for that with this So let's start with that Let's talk Justin Fields and, and what we're hearing Is there any reports It's all been fairly radio silence On what's going on there As you'd probably expect Obviously he was nothing short of sensational in their semi-final win his numbers were fantastic he copped that absolutely punishing hit that we're both like you're pissing blood for a little whiles after that uh, whether it's broken ribs like I'm, I'm surprised to not hear like laceration of kidney or like that sort of deal because because that's kind of the the sort of injury that often comes about when when you cop something like that and he didn't have or he didn't appear to have that chest padding that a lot of the quarterbacks do carry around. I think he went back into it a in the second jacket? half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't all like Will Greer out there <laughs> with the most oversized flak jacket going around. That the dude bo- was built like
0: a pipe cleaner. Though, so it <laughs> probably makes sense. bobblehead
1: doing his thing. Um, but you're like, it, it certainly is uh, a fascinating storyline because we've seen such uh, a shift from that... Uh, Ohio State offense just over the course of a fortnight. So the Big Ten championship game, they were somewhat blanketed offensively by uh, Northwestern, who put up a fantastic effort and have shown to be a a really, really solid defensive unit this year. Justin Fields was fairly terrible. He he threw 50% of his passes, like 120-odd yards, and three interceptions. The next game that he played, he came out and lit it up, like, it's the best game anyone's played this year at the quarterback <laughs> position. <laughs> yeah. So to, to have that kind of variability just, you're right, puts a massive question mark on where things are at with this game. Obviously, Alabama's defense isn't what it's been historically. The SEC in general on the defensive side of the ball have been shown out to be pretty piss and I think the other bowl games have kind of shown that, that it's not just a an SEC thing, It like in terms of internally in the SEC, as they stack up across the nation, the, the numbers are saying that they're towards the, the bottom quarter of all of the conferences in a number of key metric metrics defensively. So if that's the case, then we can fully expect a team that's got Justin Fields, Trey Sermon, and Chris Alave t- to put up points and to go nuts. And then it becomes whether they can compete. But I don't know. What, what are you thinking on that? Ohio yeah, State I'd- side?
0: I tend to agree. I think there is a massive overreaction to Justin Fields one game against Clemson against a defense that was somewhat undermanned. And then on top of that, are uh, limited in and of themselves, regardless, uh, Clemson just have out-recruited and outgunned everybody leading up to that point And, you know, they got in the ring with someone who can handle them and, and they did. So, I, I, I'm i hesitant to overreact on that because, as you mentioned, the Northwestern game wasn't great. Mississippi State, he went 17 of 24 for 199. Yeah, that's a solid game for a quarterback. He threw two touchdowns, didn't turn the ball over, was sacked three times. Mississippi State aren't very good. Uh, the, a week before that, he's gone to Indiana, and he's gone 18 of 33 picks in the first half. You know... He didn't have a good game in that situation either. So if you actually have a look at his last four games, two of them, he's thrown... Well, what's he thrown? He's thrown six picks and 10 touchdowns in the last four games. So his body of work over the last four games hasn't been anything spectacular. And there's this massive overreaction, oh, Justin Fields is better than Trevor Lawrence. And I did all that last episode, but I, I just, I can't buy in. I don't fully trust Justin Fields as a quarterback. I don't rate him as a decision maker at all times. I think he's got he shows some absolutely brilliant moments, but his ability to get through his progressions, particularly in the short and intermediate game, are still under question. He's really happy to pull the trigger deep because he's got that cannon. He can hit Chris Alave on the deep ball and he gets to it quickly. But when it's not there and he's just got to make a play in that short intermediate range, I don't know that his decision making is there. His decision making to tuck and run. I don't think he's there because he's a fantastic athlete. I'd like to see more of that. And on top of that, you then add the injury dilemma on top. He threw that touchdown in the second quarter and he couldn't even walk off the field. He's not going to be feeling any better the next two days after that. Like, that's as good as you're feeling for the next 48 hours in that second quarter. And he couldn't even walk. Now, I know they're going to jack him up on a whole bunch of painkillers and stuff like that. But he takes a couple of big hits. Or not even a big hit, just any hit. (laughs) He takes a hit to those ribs, which Alabama are going to know all about. And they're going to be in at them Uh you know what does that do to his confidence? What does that do to his his feeling? Is he going to want to get the ball out quicker? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe he is just a tough son of a bitch, and he's just gonna he's just gonna hang in there. But I just don't trust Justin Fields to get it done. Now, as you mentioned, Trey Sermon is a, is a fantastic other element to that, and that Ohio State offensive line was awesome against Clemson, absolutely awesome, and they now go up against. An Alabama defensive line, which is really, really, really good as well. Um, You know, you've got a whole bunch of dudes running that 3-4 defense. uh, DJ Dale or Christian Barmore on the interior of it. And then you've got Will Anderson. You've got Dylan Moses floating around as well. So there's a whole bunch of dudes in there that can make plays and they're going to bring different blitzes from different angles and make you uncomfortable. So that Ohio State offensive line is going to have to have the game of their life. And they're gonna to have to rely on Trey Sermon to do his thing. If you do that as Alabama's defense, you you do give Justin Fields a shot over the top at Chris Olave and Jarrett Wilson, Garrett Wilson, uh, and you know, the, and not only that, they've been looking to involve um, their tight end in Luke Farrell and, and Jeremy Ruckett as well, caught a touchdown as well. So they've got some options offensively. I'm not questioning that. But Alabama are so, so good. I know their defense can be had. I just don't trust Justin Fields enough to believe that he's got three good quarters in him because he's going to need that. He's going to need three, three and a half really good quarters. I I, I can't trust him enough to execute this offense well enough um, to keep them in the game.
1: Yeah, okay. So if we flip it over and have a look at the other side of the field, so if we're talking Alabama offense versus an Ohio State defense that did a fairly fantastic job of restricting Travis Etienne, uh, not letting Trevor Lawrence dominate the game last week, do we think that they're going to be able to have that same sort of a success against an Alabama side that has been... Awesome all year. Like, has averaged over 50 points, has lit everything up. Notre Dame are happy that they only kept them to 30 odd points because no one else has been able to do that. Like, do we see a world and and what's it going to take for Ohio State to be able to keep this juggernaut from scoring on every possession? Because that's what they look like they're able to do. Mm. With with Devonta Smith and John Mechie and and Najee Harris. Playing the way that they do, Mac Jones distributing it like everyone talks about Justin Fields and the fantastic game he had in the semifinal. Mac Jones's numbers were pretty darn impressive too. Like he was twenty-five of thirty and did everything that was asked of him. He was near flawless himself. So, do do you think there's anything that can happen in that space, or, or what, how's that one going to play out in your eyes? I,
0: I think you're going to see a similar situation to what we saw last week, and that is they're going to sell out to stop the run. Uh, And that is okay. It's a very NFL approach. It's sell out, stop the run, don't give them that element, make them predictable, make them one dimensional. And if you do that, you've got the Heisman Trophy winner receiving balls from a Heisman Trophy finalist. And then you've got possibly an NFL wide receiver coming back to you. And then John Mechie as well. So I You know, Justin, uh, not Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence put up 400 yards last week in the pass game. Yeah, they took away ETN, but if you're going to take out Najee Harris, uh, go for it. But you're going to pay the price downfield. And I think that's what Ohio State have to do. I think they've got to sell out to stop the run. And then in the pass game, if you can keep it in known down and distance where they are going to pass the ball... You've got to try and get your pass rush home against the best offensive line in football. Without one of the killers that they've had in the past, there is no Chase Young. There is no Bosa brother. You've got Jonathan Cooper and you've got Tommy Togai, but he's more of a, an internal um, run-stopping type. I just don't see how they're going to get the pass pressure on there. So I'm expecting a lot of yards from uh, Alabama's passing game. If Najee Harris can't get loose... They'll live with that because they're gonna get they're gonna get their plays either way. I think it's probably gonna be in the pass game as Pete Werner, and tough ball, and sell out to stop the run.
1: Yeah, okay, and like I I tend to agree. I, I think they're gonna to struggle to to stop them there. I see Alabama lighting it up. I think that's what could make this a, a really exciting game is that both teams have the. Firepower to really light this up and really have it as a competitive matchup off- offensively where they're just going blow for blow and going down. I, I think the more likely scenario is that Alabama continues to do what they're doing and Ohio State misfires offensively. Mm-hmm. Like they have been so reliant on Trey Sermon and his ability to run for like 200 plus yards and that O-line has been so dominant the last couple of outings that they've had where he's getting hit three yards in the backfield for the first time he's got all of this space to make a cut and then do what he does like make some good football moves make dudes miss run over dudes run through dudes all of that stuff which has been awesome if they're relying on that against this Alabama team, like the I see the much more likely outcome is that that doesn't play off for them and that Alabama continues to do what they're doing. Ohio State are stuck in a situation where they need to scramble and, and kind of make up, catch up from behind, which they did last week. I mean, they went into a 14-nil hole and, and seemed to manage that and, and turn it around quite quickly, and, and that was on the back of solid O-line play, controlling that trench and doing that. I just... I'm, I'm real apprehensive to get behind them. Like the body of work that you've seen from Alabama this year, the more the season's gone on, the clearer it has become that they are the best team. Like as soon as they grab that number one spot from Clemson, because Clemson were kind of the, the number one coming into the year and, and then they look really good. And then, you know, they dropped that Notre Dame game, but Trevor Lawrence didn't play whatever. Alabama kind of took over. And it was at that point you're like, man, this Alabama team is fucking heaps good yeah. like really really good so I I have a lot more faith in that For what we've seen there's a lot of talk obviously about this Ohio State team only having played seven games and whether that's going to be a factor I'm not sure your thoughts on whether that like because like for mine before you jump into it I've got yes there's a benefit that you're fresh you've got less dudes potentially have been injured because you've played less games so you might have more dudes to pick from there but uh, But at the same time, the college game is a tough sport whereby across your career, if you can make 50 games, you're the leading game starter for that school in history. Like It it just doesn't happen. Most players are lucky to get 20 starts in their career. So if you're robbed of a quarter of your playing career from an experience standpoint and all of that, I think there's a lot of development that can happen in that. So I, I see both sides of it for this this matchup and where these guys are at because it a lot of that development happens across the year. They only have s- a certain amount of touch time that they're allowed to have with these kids and I think that gets lost with a lot of people who who think that they're pros because, you know, it's essentially a, a professional sport with the money that gets thrown around. Mm. But there are strict contact hours that they're allowed to have. They're only allowed to be in the gym x amount of time, with coaches x amount of time, and if you're taking a lot of that game time away, I think that they miss out on potential development opportunities.
0: Yeah, and I think that probably... uh, There's another point linked to that in that, uh, you know, will the lights be too bright? Because, you know, you've played in finals footy before, I've played in finals footy before in any sport, and the game just moves a bit quicker. People are on you faster, you've got less time. When you go to a national championship game, that's enhanced tenfold, to a point where Ohio State haven't seen anything like this, and if you give Alabama a fourteen-point head start, they're not going to give that up, I don't think. And you've got an Alabama team that is experienced in big playoff games. Ohio State, yeah, they played last year against Clemson, but they've never been to the national championship game. Uh, so there is going to be that that sense of are they ready? Have they had enough gameplay? You cannot simulate this this atmosphere and this situation and the pressure. So I think that does have an impact, absolutely. And I don't think that it impacts Alabama.
1: So when you say they haven't been there, you're talking this group of kids. Correct, yes. Sorry,
0: not the school as a a whole. Uh, Ryan. And and then I guess that that follows on to, this is Ryan Day's first crack at it as well. And he's going to be nervous and he's possibly going to make a couple of decisions that people will question from their armchairs, which is really, really easy to do, but he's going to be like, well, this is my first time out and it happens so fast. And, and you hear coaches talk about it all the time. They don't remember the game at all. They're like, oh, it just went so fast. And there is a risk that that happens here again for Ohio State. I think that inexperience is another benefit for Alabama. Okay.
1: So uh, I'm not sure if you've got any more you want to kind of dive into this game, but right, I'd be interested to hear what your... Your breakdown is the most likely scenario in your mind of how you think this game goes. Just so that you know, if we're cleaning house again, you can own up again uh, after we review this one. But how how do you see see it playing out? What's what's going to be happening?
0: Um, I'll give you how I think it's going to play out, and I'll think I'm going to drop some names in here that I haven't touched on uh, specifically the Ohio State secondary. Uh, I want to focus on them a little bit because I'm predicting an Alabama. I'm predicting Alabama to cover. I don't know how you define a blowout in that situation, but I would suggest 10 to 14 points. I think is being pretty generous. I don't think that Ohio State are going to be able to match them. It wouldn't surprise me if it goes bigger than that. Uh, I I think Ohio State are a talented team, but I'm going to take Alabama at, let's give a random number here, 13 points. Um, and the the big part of that is going to be the matchup on the outside. Sean Wade versus Devonta Smith or whoever he goes to um, on... I mean, he's played a lot of that kind of boundary side. They leave him alone um, to, to kind of defend his man one-on-one. But he hasn't been overly impressive. I thought he got schooled a fair bit against power um, last week against Clemson. He's got that bail technique, and I think he can be had... Um, I think Josh Proctor's a good safety but Marcus Hooker gets the start he's pretty good in run support um, but I wasn't overly convinced with him as a middle of the field safety and Banks on the other side I think has, has is susceptible to the deep ball as well so I, I think that it's going to be the Alabama pass game I think Mac Brown goes off uh, not Mac Brown. He might be going off, but he'll probably have a heart attack if <laughs> yeah, he that's what, that's what
1: I'm thinking here. If he's going off, we've got real issues. He's, he's dead.
0: Uh, I think Mac Jones goes off. I think he does what he does. And I think it's it's the Alabama passing game. When we come away from this game and look back, we go, yep, Alabama passing game, passing offense was the thing that, as we predicted got their job done, and that was the difference in the ballgame.
1: Yeah, okay. I, I, like, I like that. That That's a, a logical outcome. That They've been the most impressive this year of anyone. Like their, their run game, I guess, matches it with the amount of touchdowns that they've been able to punch in on the ground. So they're a real balanced attack. For mine, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be a little bit different and a little bit surprising in that we're going to see the Alabama defensive backfield show out. And and they haven't really done that a lot this year.
0: Yeah.
1: Yep. Uh, but that said, Patrick Satane is uh, kind of in in the running for the best defensive player in the nation this year. So I think he's one of the three finalists for that, the Chuck Burdenack or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, and whilst you know, there's all this praise that's been heaped on Mac. Jones, Not Mac Brown. Not Mac Brown. Uh, Najee Harris and Devonta Smith. Like, everyone's kind of talking about them, putting them on a pedestal. Certains in this conversation, is one of the best three players on the defensive side of the ball in the country. That's massive. That, that is such a th- huge thing. And, like, he has been a difference maker there, I think. We're so conditioned to Alabama defensive backfields being Nick Saban's baby just being elite and, and it being full of four, you know, top three round NFL players at all times. Uh it, it's I feel as if the last couple of years he seems to have had a bit of inexperience there and then guys have been jumping ship a little bit earlier whatever it is and and this year obviously the numbers show that they haven't been as dominant as they have previously but I think it's in this game here where they really show out and they they kind of all they have to do is make two stops, and that's going to be enough for them. And that's the difference like two picks, two whatever it is. I think we're going to see something there from that side of the ball. They're not going to give up that deep play like we saw on a number of occasions in the Ohio State Clemson game, where there was just a busted coverage and they got you know wide open. They're making massive 60 70 yard plays, or they're able to drive the field consistently. 80-plus yards. like it, it wasn't a whole bunch of turnovers that did it for them. They just completely controlled the ball offensively last week. I think that the Alabama defensive coaching staff and that backfield is going to stand up, and, and that's probably what we're going to take away from that and go, yep, that's why Alabama were able to win this one.
0: Okay, interesting. So I've gone Alabama wide receivers, and you've gone Alabama secondary. So that's a, a bit of a bold one. Alabama don't have a single senior on their defense as a starter. <laughs> Um, which is pretty unbelievable. Yeah, you generally don't make it to national championship games without some experience.
1: They're all in the NFL. So.
0: Yeah, but then you have a look at their O-line, senior, 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 along the whole left side, and then you've got Evan Neal, five-star, right tackle as a sophomore. So, um, you know, they're still, they've still got plenty of players, but it's, it's just interesting that they are a little inexperienced at that defensive side. But who do you rate more as a coaching staff?
1: Oh, look, you can't go past Nick Saban and what he's been able to achieve. Yes, Ryan Day has been awesome in his short career at Ohio State, but it pales in comparison to what Saban's been able to do. What is this? Six of the last seven national championship games Alabama has been present at? Mm -hmm. That's
0: nuts. Like, and he could win his sixth.
1: It It, it is insane what he has built. The dynasty that he has built and the juggernaut that Alabama is, it's almost kind of bad for the sport. I know both you, you and I are on the same wavelength here that you don't... You, you like to have kind of a bad guy or a dominant a figure chance, in there. You'd like to have a chance. But you would <laughs> like others to have a chance. And you like a bit of a storyline. And it was kind of nice last year, a bit of a reprieve from this Crimson with uh, LSU popping up and having... But it took a historical season to only just knock them off during the season <laughs> and, and then get that done there. So... Like yeah, it's it's saving for me. What he's been able to do is just so phenomenal. Like you, you want to read his books, you want to pick his brain just out of curiosity because he is built differently to most, and he's perfectly situated to this game and and getting the most out of out of kids. And the juggernaut that he's built has a life of its own now.
0: He will tie Bear Bryant for national champions uh, national championships should he win, which I think he does. So. It is probably time for us to now move on a fraction, uh, unless there's other any other breakdown. We've just about spoken about every unit on the field.
1: Yeah, no, I think so. As, as they don't have any Aussie punters, I'm not I'm not going to dive into that one for you.
0: Okay. Uh, bold prediction time then. Uh, let's get into it. I don't have too many. Actually, I've got a lot. None of them are very good. So uh, do you want to kick us off? Yeah,
1: look, I'll kick us off. And I think there is a scenario here. I don't believe it in the truest of my hearts, but I think there is a very likely scenario that Alabama just blow the doors off of this one. I'm I'm talking if Ohio State come at like eighty five percent. If they come to play at that level, Alabama are going to win this by more than 30 points. <laughs>
0: that is some big numbers.
1: So I, I'm going to throw that out there as my bold prediction. Alabama God, I hope 30 that doesn't plus. happen.
0: I hope that does not happen.
1: It's in line with this season. With the shit that we've oh. had going on, it would not shock me. What do you got going on?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm saying I'm leaning into Alabama as a blowout, but bold prediction number one, a defensive player wins the MVP. Okay, Patrick Satan, love it. Well, not necessarily. I need probably a scoop and score, an interception, or something at a big moment. Maybe a couple of turnovers would be handy. Yeah, he
1: doesn't have the ball thrown at him a whole lot, so he doesn't get to make many massive plays. Yeah,
0: and the second one from that is, in that blowout, Devonta Smith doesn't score a touchdown. Now, I don't believe that's going to happen. That's just a kind of a ridiculous one, because he'll definitely score a touchdown.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's as bold as them going
0: 30-plus, <laughs> I think. Uh, anything else?
1: Uh... I think we need to get on the punt, my friend.
0: I've got one more. I've got, actually, I've got two more. Oh, you've got some bold predictions. I've got two more bold predictions. Uh, Nick Saban shows some emotion at the ceremony (laughs) when they win. You have lost it, mate. That ain't happening. (laughs) And the last. We might
1: hear about next year's team.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, And the last one is Alabama fans will be neither smug nor arrogant if they win.
1: (laughs) You're just getting further and further ridiculous.
0: Uh, I mean,
1: it's. As a a Hawthorne supporter myself in the AFL, when we went through the success that we did, it's incredibly difficult not to be. (laughs) Like when your shit literally does not stink, you kind of, you you tend to get a bit of a smug aura about you. So for all the Alabama fans out there, I kind of, I I see where you're coming from.
0: I don't because I haven't (laughs) been able to experience that in any team that I've supported ever. So it's worse when you hear that, oh, I'm a, I'm a New England Patriot and an Alabama supporter. Oh, now Tom Brady's gone. I I, I go for the Chiefs. Okay, cool. <laughs> you dickhead. All right, uh, let's get to On The Punt. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money
1: talk. talk. Here comes the money. Money, money, money.
0: Alright, we'll lose some more. Yes,
1: so here it is. The, the last opportunity for me to try and salvage something on what has been a disastrous year. Uh, like with everything this year, putting it down to COVID, it's really impacted my ability to pick games. Uh, don't, don't really have a good excuse as to why and the impact that it's been made. I was kind of hoping that throughout all this shit... That maybe the the COVID thing would throw it all around, and unlike every other year, I'd make money. But no, here we are, reaching uh, new levels of ineptitude and and dragging the barrel almost at negative forty units on the year. It's just a marvel that I'm able to to dig myself into these holes as well as I do. Uh, so yeah, it's it's tough. Um, normally at this stage, I'm I'm just scrambling and I'm trying to make something happen to, to bring me back to even or to bring me into the positive but I think that's a bit predictable and I want to change things up so I'm, I'm going straight up and down here I, I'm giving the people out there an opportunity to win some money Alabama at minus 8 you can get 2 bucks through some agencies at the moment if you can pick your own line 8 points you can get 2 dollars I'm putting this week's 10 units on that I'm, I'm getting my money back on that I'm trying I'm Like You can see that I'm obviously hurting and and that I kind of need this. I've now got an extra family member to feed, so I've got to be a little bit more conservative. But I feel really good about this. As both you and I have gone across this, Alabama feel like the right play. Yes, absolutely. If Ohio State come to play and they are in the same mode that they were last week in the semifinal, this certainly could be a tight tussle. But I think all of the information that's been provided to us across the year, or the vast majority of that, points in Alabama comfortably winning this game. So that's what I'm backing in here. I know it's a bit boring. I know people want me to get crazy with this sort of stuff and laugh at me and my failures as as a result of none of them getting in. But I'm telling you this, without a doubt, Alabama are going to win by more than eight points and we can all uh, feed our growing families.
0: Uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean I'm okay with the I I tend to agree with you but I just don't know that you should continue gambling on your two children. I was going to say like one child and one unborn child but it's definitely born now so uh yeah. He is yeah, earthside. Earthside. All right, that brings us to the end of our uh, championship game preview. We will endeavor to get Drew back on to give his Uh, breakdown of the national championship game being a born and bred boy from Birmingham, Alabama, it will be good to get his take on the game. Uh, But please make sure as always, you do hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, at CFB down under, leave us a five-star review, do all the other bits and pieces to help out the program. Tell your friends, tell your family, download the episode, subscribe Nearly got that out in one word, but I didn't. Um, Subscribe to the show as well. Um, All these things do help us out and helps us grow the game here in Australia and makes us want to come back and continue to do it. Week after week,
1: yeah, I, th- I think we'll definitely have a thread going on our Facebook page uh, for this game. So if anyone wants to is, is watching the game and wants to comment and and just chat generally about this one, we'll have something going there, or we'll be monitoring Twitter, no doubt, and then going off on there. So if if anyone wants to chat and and is open to talk through any of that, we'd love to hear from you because. It, this is kind of our Super Bowl as as college football guys. Uh, you know, it's 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 funny. People know you like American football, so in the workplace, they're always like, you know, you're excited for the Super Bowl, and everyone's kind of around that. And I'm like, eh, you know, I'll watch it, I guess. <laughs> or like, it's great because normally people expect you to take it off because they know you're an American football fan. Like, oh, you know, you're taking taking Super Bowl off, you're like okay i wasn't going to but if if everyone's just expecting it sure why not uh but the problem with that is no one really knows here in australia the college football national championship and it's on a tuesday so it's it's a bit of a weird day and then when you kind of disappear for that they're like what's going on i don't understand This, this isn't a real thing it's not a big deal but for us this is this is our christmas this is going to be massive so we'll be into it we'll be watching it and uh Little Ed will be enjoying his first game.
0: Now, what are you doing for the National Championship game? Are we together? We'll, we'll, see. we'll say. We'll say. Uh, I mean, you've got a burgeoning family.
1: Yeah, hopefully, little little man will be out of hospital and hanging out with me here. So he'll be watching his first game. And if I, we can get you around for it, that'd be awesome too. Please
0: let me know. If, if you need a, me to bring some food, like I can, I don't know, I can do some, well, some I chili think dogs. If or... you can bring me
1: some Cheez Its, that'd be You're good. You're a fuckhead. You are a dickhead. <laughs> It's taken me 50-odd minutes to get here, but I got my chance.
0: That joke has been a slow burn, but you got there. All right. Uh, Thank you very much for joining us. From myself and Will, I I don't have anything. I've dropped the ball here. My name's Aaron, that's Will, and we will see you next time. That outro